All right, guys, welcome back into another PGA DFS video. My name is Eric Paulzine. Going to be getting into the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, we're going to talk about the top picks in each price point here, highlight the core plays as they come. Going to show you guys kind of a first look build after those core plays. And we're also going to get into some of the fades. As always, the core plays that we mentioned can be used as outright bets as well. But as always, I'd like to do a quick recap of the previous week. Now, the Honda Classic was a very, very interesting one. And it was one of those ones where it was so close to being a really good, like huge week and it was so close to being a really terrible week it was an insane cut sweat where um it kind of went our way a little bit more uh than it was expected obviously sun jam was like the biggest hurt uh it was kind of crazy i don't know if you guys were watching he had like two fried eggs um you know bunker shots where just nothing he had a chip out of the bunker like both times a double bogey and a bogey there and that's kind of did him in obviously that 18 at the end of the first round that was terrible as well um just kind of crazy daniel berger uh falling apart as well only for seb straka who seb straka was a top 26 player in the nine to five player pool so had him as a winner and that was kind of the annoying part of last week it was that kind of the high-end players were the letdown where the low tier players the kind of value tier range were the players that really did well so out of 33 players uh, had 10 players finish top 20 or better seven top 10 or better and guess what some of those players i'll name them off we got seb straka chris Kirk, matias Schaub, adam svensson uh sam Ryder, mark hubbard uh chase seifert uh dylan Wu, jj spawn so like a lot of those names and yes jj spawn dylan Wu finished top 30 or whatever uh, a lot of those names, those were like value tier plays. Like those were just kind of like lineup fillers. And so like if Sun Jam had made the cut and whatnot and finished better, it would have been a much better week. So kind of a crazy week all in all, just the push week. Uh, that's okay. But this week I'm kind of excited because not only do we have the API, but we do have the Puerto Rico open as well. That's going to be an event that I do highlight in a different video as well. I'll probably come out on Tuesday night. So if you guys want that video, check for it on Tuesday night. We'll have that out for you guys as well, but let's get into this week. I'm excited. Let's go. So the Arnold Palmer Invitational, now it is going to kind of play similarly to the Honda Classic where it's a little bit harder scoring. As you can see, the average cut line is going to be 1.75 over the past four years. The average winning score is 11 under par, but we can see it's just very skewed. Uh, Rory went at uh, 18 under, Bryson went at 11 under, and Terrell Haddon finishing minus four. A lot of that is going to be the factor of the wind. Now, what's weird is that this year we just haven't had the wind playing a factor, so I'm going to assume it's going to the winning score is probably going to be right around 15 under par. I'm just looking at the course breakdown a little bit. It is Arnold Palmer course design, par 72 course. We got the green speeds. It's going to be a 12 on the stint meter. A little bit longer track measuring 7,466 yards. It is going to be a Parkland style course. Uh, just a fun course, a harder scoring event, but we do like that. Now let's get into the key stats for Bay Hill. So birdie to bogey ratio. We're going to be seeing a lot of golfers make bogeys. They're going to you really want to minimize the amount of bogeys a golfer's going to hit. And this is just kind of an accuracy course. We see golfers that hit the greens and hit uh, the fairways. They're going to be much more successful. And that's because the rough is about three inches. It's much more penalizing than the typical PGA Tour rough. So just looking at the top stat fits, kind of based off of some of that, we got Roy McIlroy, Russell Henley, who's been playing some great golf. No shock there. John Rahm, Hideki Matsuyama, Mark Leishman, another guy that's been playing great golf. And then Scotty Scheffler as well. Looking at the course history, we got Roy Sanjay M and actually surprisingly Chris Kirk popping up there and that's because there was like four other golfers that have played this course just not a minimum of two starts over the past four years looking at local ties we got a lot of golfers 
in the Florida area. We know that. Okay, not a big deal this week. Well, it is, but just there's a lot of them. Again, uh, to the top recent form, John Rahm, no surprise there. Rory, no surprise there. Russell Henley, no surprise there. Uh, Sergio kind of popping up there, a little bit shocking. Uh, but yeah, a lot of golfers playing some great golf, and that's kind of the theme this week. So in cash, you can really go with a balance build. Uh, really from the 9.2 to 7.2 range, you can really make a quality build. But in GPPs, you know, you do want to be highlighting some of those guys on the top end because obviously they have a higher chance to win. But don't get married to one stud. There's a lot of great plays. And they're all kind of the same. So that's kind of the tough part this week. But let's get into it. Let's get into the player pool. All right. So I got it pulled up here. Obviously, we're going to go through and highlight the top four picks in each price point tier. So we'll start off with the high tier price point tier. Okay. So, you know, I didn't want to highlight John Robb. He's the top pick or second best pick in the nine to five miles this week. We've been rostering him a lot. He's an easy play. If you guys want to roster him, you can go with it. And kind of like Rory. Okay, Rory doesn't have enough starts on the PGA Tour this season to have like the in-season data. The data that we do have still says he's a great pick. Uh, really top 10 in everything that we're looking at. Specialist rating, uh, staff fit, course history rank, recent form rank. You know, he's just ranking on as the best pick this week. I mean, guys, his worst finish here in the past four years was 10th, which was last year. He's been a stud, okay? He's just going to go out and play well at this course. That's what it seems like. He's already played well th thus far this season. He's a player that I like a lot. He is priced up a little bit too much, so you don't really have to go out of your way to play him this week. I don't think so. Then again, to Scotty Scheffler. So Scotty Scheffler is very interesting to me because he is priced down a little bit, but he's also kind of priced up a decent amount. So he's the top four pick in the 9-5 to five mile this week, which once again, guys, DraftKings and like really just the fantasy golf industry has done a much better job at – uh, DraftKings odds, DraftKings pricing, not DraftKings pricing, just odds and pricing. They've gotten so much better over the past few years because this would have been a name that would have been like 9.2 uh, in previous years. So kudos to them. They've done a great job. The edges on the high tier are not as significant as it used to be. So getting back to the point, Sky Shuffler is a good pick, but he's kind of priced correctly is what I'm trying to get at. So 15th place finish here two years ago. Uh, you know, he's been a cut maker thus far. His worst stat is going to be greens and regulation where he ranks 35th, 35th, and then also good drive percentage where he ranks 53rd, but still all really good stuff there. Top 10 staff, it, top 10 course history rank, top 10 recent form rank, top four pick in the 95 mile, really just a stud there. And then we got Matthew Wolf and Mark Leishman. So I'm just going to go over the stats here real quick. So I guess the worry with Matt Fitzpatrick did I say Matt Wolf? I'm sorry if I did. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. The worry with him is going to be like ball striking, not that elite. Uh, birdie to bogey ratio could be better. Uh, good drive percentage could be better. You know, that is going to be the worry with him is that he just hasn't been like elite in those senses. But you look at that effective scoring, which kind of just tells you the likelihood of golfer to make the cut and then, you know, have a good upside week. He's top 20 in that. So I'm not too worried about him. And then we look at, well, let's get into it, guys. He's going to be a core play this week. So yeah, Matthew Wolf. So course history wise, um, really solid. Three straight top 10 finishes did miss the cut here in 2018. Not a big deal to me. Uh, we can see over his last few starts, a uh, 10th and a sixth place finish. We like to see that as well um, from Matt Fitzpatrick. I feel like I keep saying Matthew Wolf. I don't know if I am or not. <laughs> I'm sorry if I am. I'm not even playing Matthew Wolf this week. I'm not fading him, but I'm not playing him. I feel like I am. So I apologize if I am. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick is a top 10 staff or uh, specialist in the field. And kind of for specialist stats this week, I'm looking at Arnold Palmer course designs, a little bit of Florida narrative as well. Golfers that play better in Florida uh, courses. I'm looking at a little bit longer tracks, um, harder tracks, and then obviously a little bit of Bermuda greens as well, but we don't see putting be as much of a factor this week as it typically is. So 
Um, all good stuff there from Matthew Fitzpatrick. We can do a little bit more of a deep dive into a specialist rating, but that's what we got from him. And then we are also kind of get into another core play here. Let's do it again. Mark Leishman. And Mark Leishman, he is one of those guys who <laughs> either he's just going to be a safe go-to play each and every week, and he just keeps being kind of priced down because he hasn't had that winning upside recently. Like the difference between him and Scotty Scheffler is pretty minimal. Except for the fact that Scotty Scheffler went on one recently, whereas Mark Leishman just continues to spit off. You know, just great finishes. 15th, 16th, 36th, 10th, 19th, 38th, 3rd, 4th. I mean, he continues to be a stud, and he has been in contention, just hasn't been able to get there, which is nice in the sense that he doesn't lose kind of that mental edge. He's still grinding out uh, events and whatnot. So, yeah, Mark Leishman at this price, I do really like. Sure, he missed the cut here last year, but then – Besides that, second, 23rd, seventh, all good stuff there. Uh, course history ranked 23rd, still good there. Uh, recent form ranks uh, 12th. Specialist rating could be a little bit better, but you know he's one of those guys where we just like him as a pick at this price point. It's just a great solid price point. It should be a safe play and an upside play once again. So now we're going to move down into the mid-tier price point plays. All right, here we go. Got to move the pricing slider down. And here we go. Oh, all right, there we go. So, you know, kind of my strategy with PGA DFS, and a lot of you guys know this, that I've been watching it for a while. I will continue to roster someone until they let me down. That's going to be the case with Billy Horschel this week. Billy Horschel has just been a stud. He's made a ton of cuts in a row, 11 straight now. Um, a little bit of a letdown, I guess, last week, where, honestly, guys, I put it in the 9-5 to write-up, and... I was somewhat joking, but somewhat serious. I'm like, the only issue with Billy Horschel this week is that he's playing with Patrick Reed. And I also said that for Cameron Young then. Um, and really, I it, maybe it did because their worst rounds were round two with Patrick Reed. So I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Um, but still, top 16 place finish uh, last week. Uh, sixth place finish at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Pretty good course. I don't, I don't want to say good, but... Decent course history, missed cut last year, then three straight make cuts. His best finish, though, over the last four years was a T36, and that's kind of the worry there is that, yes, he's made the cut three out of four years, but nothing really elite there. Uh, staff it-wise, he could be a little bit better, and maybe it's kind of the little bit more lengthy of the course getting to him. All in all, though, I do see him making the cut. He does have a pretty good uh, cut likelihood, 70% chance to make the cut. So, yeah, Billy Horschel at this price point, it's a little bit priced up but he's still a decent play. I think he's priced up a little bit just due to a little bit of a uh, recency bias, but still a decent play. Uh, Max Homa is a little bit more of a specialist uh, narrative. He does play a little bit better on harder tracks. And that kind of comes out when you look at um, kind of his starts here, 10th and the 24th place finish. We like that. Uh, the Genesis inv invitation on another kind of tough track, 10th uh, place finish there, 14th place finish. He's made two straight cuts in a row. Those were the two cuts. Not the best at fit, but not horrible. Like nothing too alarming. Uh, birdie to bogey ratio, 81st. You know, don't love that. Uh, ball striking, 72nd. Don't love that, but nothing too alarming and nothing too elite. Just kind of tells us that he's an even kill type of golfer right now. So, like, there's no big worry. And I, I kind of do like that when I'm looking at golfers. I don't want to see kind of the Matt Fitzpatrick, I guess, staff fit. I want to see a guy that's like even kill across this whole game. So, if one part of his game is off, it's not going to ruin the whole week. I'm getting to Russell Henley. So Russell Henley is definitely more of a GPP play this week because he doesn't have course history here over the last four years, but he's been a stud. 12 straight make cuts in a row. Pretty much just men making top 35 finishes or better. So if you want to bet him at a top 40, go for it. But look at the staff fit, guys. The staff fit is elite. Second best in the field. And that's because his worst staff fit is going to be greens and regulation, greens and regulation where he's 23rd. 
Everything else is top 20 or better and top 12 or better. I mean, he has been elite with his ball striking, with his total driving, with the green zone like regulation. He's just been really good uh, thus far. An 8.5, sure, it's a little bit of a risky price point, but the way he's been playing, it does make a lot of sense. And really, he should be able to go out and play well. Like, I don't mind the idea of outright betting him as well because he's one of those guys where, especially with the theme this year, where we're having a lot of first-time winners or a lot of guys that just haven't been able to, like, get through in a while. Like, that's kind of Russell Henley where he's been the correct play. He's been someone that should go out and win. Just hasn't been able to do it just yet. I could see that uh, with Russell Henley. And then Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell has casually been playing some great golf. So the worry with him is that, you know, when we look at longer term, his recent form is 27th. But if we just were to narrow it down to, like, really the last, I don't know, four events, if you will, or four weeks, really good because 9th, 10th, and 12th place finishes for Keith Mitchell have been really good. That's kind of echoed for his course history, 43rd. Fifth and sixth place finish for Keith Mitchell. I mean, that's really good guy there, guys. Uh, staff fit wise, the worry is that he does make some bogeys. That's going to be the worry. Other than that, you know, pretty decent staff fit. So Keith Mitchell, they're all kind of priced correctly, but I really like all four of those guys as plays. But Russell Henley and Keith Mitchell, they're going to be a little bit more of GPP plays rather than, I guess, cash plays. All right. So now we're going to get into another core play here for you guys. Let's go. So the next core play for me is going to be Jason Kolkrak. So you guys got a bonus pick there in the mid-tier price point here. But Jason Kolkrak really is just kind of a standout play to me at that price point. 8.4, that's really good. He's made five straight cuts in a row. Uh, it's including a win as well. And we always worry about a golfer after a win. Well, he had a 38th place finish at the Century Tournament Champions, which wasn't that good. So that was kind of the nice part about it. It's kind of a an ideal situation for a guy coming off of a win is that they get a no-cut event where it doesn't really matter if they're playing poorly or don't have that mental edge. So that was kind of nice. I mean, I know there's a big gap in there, but still, it's kind of nice to see. Uh, since then, 17th place finish and 26th place finish, we like to see that. Course history-wise, 8th, 18th, and 10th. So three straight top 20 finishes here. His miscut in 2018 wasn't horrible. You know, 77th in stroke scan total. We like that. Specialist rating, top 16 in the field. Let's see. Course designer gets a little bit bump and Arnold Palmer course designs a little bit better on Bermuda greens as well. So yeah, all good stuff from uh, Jason Kolkrak. All signs point to him being just a quality pick. I guess the worry with him is that he's kind of like one of those golfers where, yeah, sure. When you do start to trust him, that's when, when he hurts you. But I don't think we have to worry about that with Jason Kolkrak. Uh, a little bit of the worry, I guess, too, as well. Four missed cuts over the past year on 21 starts. I guess that's a little bit of a worry there, but I think he's going to be a quality pick for us this week. All right, so now we're going to move down into the low-tier price point here. All right, so <laughs> kind of this, the similar theme of risk-reward. So Seamus Power is kind of the similar play of Russell Henley minus the two missed cuts in a row, okay? Seamus Power has had some more recent upside. I shouldn't say recent upside, but more upside this season. But he also has had the, the downside. He's missed. Uh, a few cuts now, so that's a little bit of a worry, but staff fit wise, let's look at it. Ball striking, ninth. Greens and regulation, 38th. Uh, birdie to bugger ratio, 10th. Good drive percentage, 20, 21st. Effective scoring, 20, or 18th. So, like, if Russell Henley is some for some reason chalk, then I would say, you know, Seamus Power should also be chalk because they're both pretty similar plays. Uh, like I said, the only difference is that 
Powers coming in and off of two missed cuts, whereas Russell Henley is not. But they're both really strong staff fits, both guys that point to them having really good weeks. The worry with um, Seamus Power is that not a really good specialist, and, and that is something that's alarming. You know, harder tracks, he, I think he just tends to struggle at. So that's going to be a worry there with him. And then Cameron Young can't quit Cameron Young. And this this is interesting because I really feel like he could go out and have a good week here. He's made five straight cuts in a row, and now the small sample size, and this is kind of the worry, is that he, he does rank out as a good specialist, but it's a very small sample size. That's just from this year. So not a big data set there from uh, Cameron Young. But, you know, top 20 in recent form rank, uh, stat fit-wise, 33rd in the field. Overall, ranks out top 20 in the 9-5 mile this week. At that price point, I really do like that. Then looking at Lanto Griffin. So Lanto Griffin has been, like, sneaky cheap this whole year. I don't get how he's priced at 7.1. And this is something that I hate because, like, if he misses the cut and we roster him or you roster him, it's the correct move. Because at this price point, he's just too cheap. It's the correct play. Like, he should be a cash play. Probably should be 18% owned. I doubt he will be because, well, his recent starts haven't been elite. Okay, 39th, 16th, you know, that's not that great for recent starts. But at this price point, if we get like a top 40 finish and a pretty good made cut percent, I'll take that. You know, 21st place finish here last year, 36th place finish the year before that. H rated made cuts in a row. Not the best staff in the field, but a decent uh, specialist rating. You know, top 30 and all the key metrics that we're looking at specialist. Uh, stat fit, course history rank, and recent form rank. Overall, top 20 in the 9-5 to five mile this week. I mean, it's clear that he's too cheap. Um, it's kind of one of those sticky situations where, yes, eventually he's going to miss a cut, but it'll probably be at, at a course where, you know, he probably doesn't have the best course history because as it sits right now, just looking like he's too cheap, looking like an easy plug-and-play. So uh, just keep that in mind. And, you know, maybe if he gets too chalky, you can think about fading him. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but Chris Kirk, I do want to get into Chris Kirk. So just looking at his stat fit, we can see good drive percentage, a little bit of a worry there. Other than that, pretty good. Ball striking, 63rd. That's okay. Uh, Greens of regulation, 50th. Uh, birdie to bogey ratio, 29th. Of effective scoring, 35th. That's pretty good there. Um, and then let's just pull him up here. He's actually going to be another core play this week. And I did say that with quotes because, you know, when I get to like ranking him in the nine to five player pool, he'll probably end up being like a mid exposure play. So each week I break it down from core plays, high exposure plays, mid exposure plays, low exposure plays. And then if we have to go deeper, lower exposure plays, it's like mid exposure plays are going to, um, like in GPPs, their exposure to them is going to be anywhere from uh 10 to 20%. Like they're just decent plays. Like they're golfers that you want to be on. And especially given the price point, they're golfers that you want to end up on. So Chris Kirk, to me, is a standout play, just kind of at his price point, 7.5. That is awesome. And I guess the worry with him would be the mental edge of last week where, you know, he was really in contention. And also, man, first-round leader last week. I was a little bit bummed out by that. Kirk Kitayama took it away from us with uh, Daniel Berger and Chris Kirk. <laughs> they both uh, were uh, top 10 most likely out of the first-round lead. Uh, like Chris Kirk was ninth, which has actually been strange because most of the first-round leaders – have been like top nine, have been ninth in the first round leader rank, which is weird. And then the other ones have been one and two. Daniel Berger was one. So that was a little bit bittersweet to see Kadiyama take that away from us with both those guys. But, you know, really solid golf for uh, Chris Kirk recently. Um, you know, 
the worry with him is that, you know, over his past 24 starts, he's missed seven cuts. But on the flip side of that, he's had four top 10s and eight top 25s. So, like, when he's on, he's on. And you can typically tell, like, which courses are going to be good courses for him. A little bit shocked to actually see him play well at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, that was a little bit shocking. But seventh place finish last week, 14th place finish the week before that. You know, just been playing pretty well this season thus far. Uh, course history-wise, eighth, 15th, 13th. You know, that's all stuff that we like to see. So, uh, like I said, won't be an actual core play. It's more for the theme of this video because, well, I didn't want to give you guys freaking Roy McIlroy, John Rom. Okay, I want to give you guys a lower price option that you could uh, go ahead and plug and play into your lineups. Okay, so now we're going to get into the low tier or the value tier here, and then we'll be wrapping up a little bit in a little bit here. All right, so I actually I'm pretty excited for the the value tier. I probably should have hyped that up at the start of this video because there's some great players it was very hard to uh narrow this down and actually this is going to be the week where they suck the last two weeks i wasn't that excited about the value plays and they all like went off and did really well uh so this is going to be the week where we finally decide to go really uh value heavy uh stack them up with the high tier plays and they're gonna choke <laughs> that's just how it goes but uh brandon todd uh starting off uh, 57th place finish and an 18th place finish here over the last two years. He's made three straight cuts in a row. You know, really not the best stat fit, which is a little bit surprising. Not that accurate thus far this season. He's okay. But, like, given kind of how people view him, he hasn't been as accurate as I would have thought. But you can see his recent starts have been pretty good. 48th, 26th, and 16th place finish. That's good enough. And at this price point, I think it will be kind of worth the risk, if you will. Uh, this should be a course that fits him. And that's kind of what the specialist rating is telling us, 36 and that. So that's pretty good. And then Danny Willett. So Danny Willett also kind of chasing a little bit of the fact that, you know, 48th place finished last week, harder track. And this is kind of a similar, I don't want to say similar track, but it kind of plays the same in in, in the sense of it's harder, you know, decent amount of water holes. Uh, Got to hit the fairway. Can't be like, can't be making a lot of bogeys pretty much. Can't be hurting yourself out too much. And, you know, I kind of like that he had a 48th place finish there. Uh, course history-wise, 31st, 18th, and then two missed cuts. So most recent starts have been good here. Like to see that. And 6.4 is just a really good quality price point. So if you can get, even get like a made cut out of him at this price point, that's great. Now we're going to go even lower. Sean O'Hare. This is interesting. Very interesting here. So three straight made cuts in a row. Uh, if you want to look at um, the Corn Ferry Tour, which he's been playing on, his most recent start there was decent as well. Take it as it is. I know he has like a missed cut or two in there as well a few months back. Um, take it as it will, but 6.2 is kind of interesting to me. Top 42 pick in the 9 to 5 model. Um, obviously, his made cut percentage isn't that great, 45th, but or 45% chance to make the cut. That's not great, but still decent. Uh, seventh place finish here four years ago. Overall, okay stat fit, like good drive percentage, 41st so far. Like that's good. Effective scoring, 50th, and that's a small sample size, but still decent. Uh, Birdie to bug ratio, 67th. You know, that's all decent. And then Hayden Buckley, the ultimate GPP play. He's been horrible recently. Uh, I don't really trust him, but, you know, decent stat fit wise. So just someone at 6.1, if you want to plug into like 2% of your builds, chase that upside, you can go ahead and do that as well. So let's just do a quick lineup here with the core plays and then we'll get into the fades so let's just pull that up here We're gonna get into the lineup tool here at the top oh there we go so we're just gonna plug in the core plays and then we'll kind of just show you guys what it would look like with those guys in there 
I had, I had to deselect them. So here we go. Fitzpatrick, Mark Leishman. Got to find Jason Kolkrak. Hopefully I didn't miss him. Jason Kolkrak, Chris Kirk now. And we'll just go ahead and plug Lanto in there as well because, like I said, as price point, it's going to be tough to avoid him. So, so far with those five players, you know, looking pretty good. Average mile rank of 12.6, that's good. Course history rank average, 17th, that's really good. Staff wise, top 20. Recent form rank, pretty good. So, 66% chance to make the cut. Got a decent amount of salary left over. Let's see who we can fit in there. Um, just right now, Billy Horschel, can we fit him? Nope, can't fit Billy in there. Um, maybe Max Toma, Russell Henley. Um, let's go Paul Casey. I actually don't mind Paul Casey. He's pretty cheap for just not having that many starts this year. He's very cheap. He's someone that I actually almost mentioned uh, both as a core play and both as a mid-tier play. I just thought the other plays were a little bit more obvious, but he is at a natural landing point where he just makes a lot of sense. So you could go with him. But uh, for this video, let's just go Russell Henley. Why not? A little bit better, you know, overall. Pretty decent build here. Like, I don't mind this. Good starting point. And then you can mix and match your way there. Good starting point for the lineup. But let's get into the fades here, and we'll get out of here. All right, so once again, my goal with the fades each and every week is to focus on the players that are kind of, don't want to say mispriced, but mispriced. Like they're safer plays that have just as much upside at their price point tier. Like someone like Victor Hovland with his course history not being the best, I would much rather go with like John Rahm, Rory, Scotty. Um, I'd much rather go with those golfers. It's not saying that Victor Hovland can't do well. It's just that it's not as expected for him to do well. He's a pretty good stat fit. It's kind of shocking that his course history is as bad as it is. But, you know, 49th, 42nd, and 40th. Like, that's not that good for course history. I would have thought he'd be a little bit cheaper, and thus I'd have been fine with him as a pick. I feel like we're just paying up a little bit too much for him, not as safe as a play as I would want at that price point. Not sure if he's really under-owned and you can get some ownership leverage on him. Um, you know, we check out the ownership leverage on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and he's very low. Go ahead and roster him. Like, that's going to be great. Uh, and then just looking at Sergio Garcia, Sergio is an okay pick. Like I don't mind him. Uh, just once again, as price point here, I just don't love it. Um, we can see recent form wise, 12th, 38th. Like that's not horrible. Like he could have a good week and it wouldn't be shocking to anyone. I just don't want to chase that right now at this price point at this part of his season. There's much better players at his price point here and safer plays. And then Justin Rose, Justin Rose is very interesting to me because we can see third place finish 63rd miscut and withdrawal so he's been on the bad slope of course history like that's not good that's not what you want to see he has been a little bit better recent form wise 33rd 62nd and sixth place finish like that's pretty good there from justin rose but overall ranks out you know top 25 in the nine to five mile decent at his price point but once again like you get someone like lanto a little bit cheaper chris kirk a little bit cheaper like there's a little bit safer plays at those price points and i just feel like with that course history that is just something risky i don't want to take on and then Sam Burns, Sam Burns, like, once again, at his price point here, just not something I'm really going on my way to play. But the thing is, I like, once again, if ownership leverage is telling us that he's a great play because he's under own, maybe, maybe. We got some other plays that are kind of risky in there, like Taylor Gooch. Let's just compare him and Taylor Gooch, actually, real quick. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll toss in Taylor Gooch. So, like, he is the exact same play as Sam Burns, but ranks out a little bit better. Um, and let's get these other guys off of here. So, like, similar price points, similar course history, 
a little bit better course history for Taylor Gooch. Uh, recent form-wise, they've both been kind of hit or miss as of recently. So over the past 90 days, Sam Burns has had a top 20 finish and three straight missed cuts, or not three straight, but three missed cuts. Where Taylor Gooch has had one, two, three, four, five, six starts and two missed cuts. Their May cuts have been top 20 finishes. So the upside's there with them. I would just, they're both a little bit risky. Sam Burns is a little bit more risky. So I'd much rather go with like Taylor Gooch if I'm going like risk reward in this price point here, which you don't have to do. Like I said, there's a bunch of quality plays in this price point range. Obviously, Russell Henley ranks out a little bit better than all these guys. It's very interesting there. But once again, if he's like 5% on, maybe. Maybe we chase that upside and put him into a, a some builds, some GPP builds. But right now, as it sits, don't love it. A little bit scary there for Sam Burns. But that's all I have for you guys for this video. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, I'll be coming out with that Puerto Rico open video. Probably Tuesday evening. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Got to update the DP tour uh, cheat sheet as well. So that event's back. Their schedule's been weird this season. Uh, kind of a weird, weird season for the DP tour thus far. Kind of merging a bunch of events together. And it hasn't really worked out for them thus far. But it's fun. I'm happy to cover that as well. So big week for 9 to 5. And honestly, guys, the Puerto Rico Open is one that I love. Because it's typically a big edge there. Because people are concentrating on this this event. Which is great. But it typically plays out like a showdown state where there's a huge edge because not many people are covering it. And you can get a nice edge there. So I'm excited for that one as well. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this. If you did, please give me a like and subscribe. And as always, let's keep cashing.